Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to On the Preds with me, your host, Alex Doherty of A to Z Sports and my co-host, Sean Smith. We are back. It is episode 64. We are here to talk about the Predators of the National Hockey League. And they are 22, 18, and 6. And Sean, uh, we've got a lot to talk about. A lot of, lot of things on the docket. You might say we are having a meeting about the Predators, just to bring it all together about what we're going to talk about later or in a second. But how's it going, Sean? Oh, going pretty well, Alex. Uh, pretty uh, pretty exciting last few days. Been a been an interesting week. So, you know, ready to... Ready to hop back on the uh, the horse there and ride this thing until the All Star break. Yeah, two games left until the All Star break. The Predators had four games since the last show. It was Calgary two one back to back two to one wins over Calgary and Columbus. Pretty impressive. Well, sort of, I guess. And then uh, a very bad loss against St. Louis. They just got run out of the building five to two. Mm-hmm. And then a dramatic, pretty exciting win on Saturday against Los Angeles. So, yeah, there's been a lot that's happened. I, I think I think I'd like to start with the most recent thing, which was the 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 Kings win. You were okay. at that game. Uh, yes. What was what was that like live? How, how did you how did you perceive that that five to two win? Well, let's let's talk about the vibe, Alex. What that's was the what's vibe? important here? The vibe. You know, it was very exciting. I don't know. I don't know if those watching at home um, felt the electricity of what happened at the beginning of that game when you had two goals scored within the first minute. And, and it was really – it was so fast, Alex, that I, I was going to write a tweet about something that happened on the, on the first play of the game. In the middle of typing it, two goals were scored. Before I could even finish the first thought, I had to delete it entirely – right about the first goal. And then as I was writing with the first goal, goal number two happens. And it's were you, just, were you typing like, were you typing like this, like finger poking? Like there's a part here where I want to make a joke and play along and be like, yeah, I was uh, using <laughs> these two fingers and I was confused, but yeah. I, I don't want to bring myself down to that level. I'm a consider okay. myself a very good typist. So, but it was um, a fast, so I, it was a fast beginning is what you're saying. It was, it was fat. I mean, I was typing, it was, I was looking up a name, making sure I spelled it right. Um, some players I'm unfamiliar with, uh, you know, some new, some new guys, uh, the, the goalie specifically spelled his name a little differently than I would have expected. Um, so, you know, it was just interesting. Plus he was from the North pole. I thought it was Are you talking about Copley? Yeah. Phoenix yeah. Copley is from North pole, Alaska. Yeah. I don't think um, that's the North pole, but it is. A town. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, if that is the North pole, that's a big elf. <laughs> I don't that's think he's a big is. dude. Okay. Uh, Either way. Look, I'm not saying that he has been blessed with Santa's magic, but he certainly uh, missed some deliveries, if you know what I mean. Anyway, here we go. So 
you go up two to nothing quick and it's like it's electric in the barn man like everybody's losing it people are like is this it is this the night where they just completely shut down everybody and dominate and it seemed like it and then they just took the foot off the gas for a long time i mean it was it was really intense and and kind of the discussion amongst people and i saw this on social media as well is like you know if you if you don't win this game if you let them come back you know, if you let them tie this up, if you go into overtime or if you let them, God forbid, take the lead back in this game, what does this say about the team? And it was this really interesting feeling where you saw something awesome happened and you were you wanted to believe. And then you're starting to think, was was that a fluke Were those two fluke goals early on? I mean, they ran Copley out of the building immediately and you're like, OK, we got them on the ropes, boys. But then. Next thing you know, it's three to two, and the Kings are winning. Yeah, and that was that was really a, a, a the, the stone got quiet, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but then you know what things started happening. You had that uh, just really incredible uh, power play goal, just 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 took the life right out of Los Angeles, and the Preds came surging back. And, and I'll tell you, it was it was kind of exciting to see that because once they got that momentum, they didn't let it go and so you it's kind of like you saw that flash of the team that they can be when they're on and that's well, you know let's show let's show the folks the goal that put the yeah. ahead, the head the four to three goal yeah. lot to like on this goal let's show that this was yeah. the this was in the in the third period uh with about seven minutes left yeah let's see it Uh, let's play it again. <laughs> Shooting all the way at home. Just absolutely land base. Lazar at the blue line. And watch this. Right over the glove. Right over- Sorry, I thought I had it in there twice. But it, uh, oh, you can see okay. the, the three the three points of contact in that goal. The, the Ekholm hit to separate the puck. Lazat. Uh, Carrier collecting and carrying up the edge uh, on the outside. Really good movement by him and a great pass to Duchesne and then just a crazy good finish by by Duchesne. Quick little celebration, too, in the corner. Yeah, that was an impressive goal. Defense to uh, offense right there. Yeah, roof roof came off the building. And, and I'll tell you, you know, is, is one of those situations, you look at Duchesne on that goal, we, we talked a lot early on in the season about, um, you know, what, what it was that Duchesne needed to, to make things happen, and it was, it was space. And Ekholm lighting that dude up absolutely creates the space for him yeah. and Carrier to get moving. And it, 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 he is, I don't know. I think at that point, I don't think anything could have stopped him from scoring. I mean, he looked like he was on a different level for the rest of that play and absolutely drove it home. And I think, too, you know, you, you talk about, um, Hines has always talked about with Johansson that he's he's really hard to, hold a candle to when he is a willful skater. And I think if you wanted to see what he means when he says a willful skater, look at Duchesne on that play. Like he's going, nothing's stopping him. You're not going to stop that guy. You're not going to get in his way. He's going to go around you if you do, and he's going to drive that puck home. I mean, that was really you know, a masterclass by Duchesne there. And, of course, all made possible by, like you mentioned, Matthias Ekholm blowing a dude up and Carrier getting that puck and getting after it. Quick transition in the neutral zone, just absolute beautiful execution. Yeah. Um, you know, I said we were going to, I said we were going to talk about this. Well, how do we do it? I, I, let, let's go ahead and talk about this now because I, okay. I, I think it matches with, since we're talking about Duchesne, 
Okay. And it, then it'll go into the the whole meeting thing. Uh, and I think that's sure. okay. So, so let's talk about what Duchesne said after the game, because okay. you were watching, if, if you were at home, or I'm sorry, if you were at the arena, you may, you probably heard it, but it may have, you know, you may have just barely caught it. So at the end of the game, you know, they, they interview the, the three stars and the first star comes out for a bench interview with Kara Hammer. And it's usually pretty, pretty normal. I mean, there's nothing, the, the only one that ever has ever has stood out prior to this one has ever stood out to me. It was the Pecorine one where he had his yeah. three win or he was very emotional. Like that was a big one. That's yeah. That's the other, only other one I remember. And now I, I'll remember this one because of what Duchesne, he sort of, sort of Duchesne has this sort of, he answers this question about Cole Smith actually, who we'll talk about later. Um, and then as he leaves, he kind of has something to say to the crowd that is kind of can be interpreted a couple ways. And, and so I, I just want to, I'll play the clip of what he says and I, I, and then I'll see what you think, Sean, about what, what okay. he meant or what he think he was saying here. Okay. I'll, I'll give you my brief take, but then let's just go ahead and play it. This is Matt Duchesne after the game on Saturday. Uh, let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, he's been playing great. It's really nice to see him get rewarded. So um, he works his, his butt off every night. So um, great for him. Thanks, Matt. Thanks. Thanks, guys. You guys are incredible tonight. Thank you so much. Keep believing, guys. All right. So he thanks the crowd, says, you guys are incredible. That's pretty normal. But then the keep believing. Don't, journeys don't stop believing. So the, the keep believing thing, and if you look at it, and I might play it again in a second, but if you look yeah. at it, there's almost a glimmer of, maybe I shouldn't have said that in his eyes. Like when he says it, he's like, uh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. I, I, what, what, what was your take? What do you think he's communicating there? Okay, so uh, you know, there's there's an interesting theory brought forth by people that I'm married to, and and what she said was, you know, most of those interviews, especially, I think this was Saturday night. Um, they made a big presentation to the at the beginning of the game about it being Saturday night in Smashville at the honky tonk and all this stuff, you know. So um, usually those bench interviews, when you have like a Saturday night game or a, the first game back home after a while or something like that usually the last question has to do with the crowd like how about this saturday night crowd at bridgestone arena which is a really nice segue to end the interview and for the crowd to cheer as the player leaves that's not how that interview ended and so my wife thinks that that was probably his way of going like oh the interview is over um better say something about the crowd and you know unscripted moment caught off guard is probably just what happened now Again, that's that's my wife's take on it, and I think she's pretty astute at these things. However, um, I, I really feel like, and you know, you talked about the glimmer in his eye of well, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Um, I, when you were in high school, Alex, um, did you ever have a girlfriend in high school? I did. I'm still, okay. still married to her. Oh well, congratulations. <laughs> how's how's bragging camp going? <laughs> She wasn't my pretty first, well, I guess. For, for the record, that she wasn't my. I did have a, a previous girlfriend that did not. It didn't work out. So, is that hey, where you're easy? Going with this? Easy there, Rudolph Valentino. <laughs> and realize that we had a regular Lord Byron on our hands. All right, look. Anyway, you've seen guys, high school guys. You know, back in I don't know about the guys now, but guys back in high school, they'd get a girlfriend, and you know, most guys in high school, they're not fit to be boyfriends. They're just a, a hot mess. 
I myself was one, I'm sure. I, I definitely, but, yeah. You know, you know the type, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but you think like, uh, you know, they kind of mess up or they say something where they're trying to be funny and they cross a line with their girlfriend yeah. and the girl's kind of like, Oh, I don't, uh, I don't like that. They're like, Oh no, no, sorry. No, I was just kidding. Like, Hey, it's okay. Don't, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll, I won't do that again. You know, sorry. And so there's, there's this element of like, almost, I'd say awareness um, that maybe, you know, some of the fan base is a little disenchanted uh, with uh, not necessarily the direction of the team, but the performance of the team, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, you know, I think it's, is very evident and, and some recent losses in St. Louis, for example, um, that some of those guys didn't look engaged. Um, you know, I mean, we can, we can talk more about that later, but I mean, some of those guys just didn't look engaged. You saw a lot of puck watching, you saw guys and I can, I, I don't want to start calling people out, but I saw a lot of situations where people were just hanging back and not getting involved in the play. And it was like, you know, what, what the heck's going on? Are they trying to lose? Like, is this like the new plan? Like, let's just bottom out here and see what happens. But, um, you know, there's definitely the way I'm looking at it um an awareness that there was some maybe fan concerns over yeah. recent performance and you know they put on a pretty good show on saturday night and so it was kind of like saying look <laughs> sorry about that we'll get back to business as usual just don't give up on us i, think I, I can see that i think that's a pretty good pretty good take i i think that my, my how i interpret it how I interpreted Duchesne's comment was first of all, the context, the context of what he, of when he said it, he had just scored two goals, including a massive one in the third period. So like not 20 yeah. minutes earlier, he had just scored a massive goal, lit the place on fire. Like you said, like it was an incredibly emotional moment. It was a big win over a big opponent, yeah. like a team yeah. that they're vying for space in the wild card race with, um, even if they're in the Pacific division. Uh, they had just had this horrible game in St. Louis. They've been inconsistent all year. And one of the main, one of the main culprits of their inconsistency has been their top players, including him, Matt Duchesne. And then I, I just have to go back to this, this meeting that they had. And I, I think, and, and we'll, we'll get into it here. Like the team had this, had, had a, a, a players and coaches meeting uh, earlier on Saturday excuse me, on Saturday that was related to the loss on the loss in St. Louis. Uh, I wrote uh, about it today on A to Z sports. I would encourage you to go check it out because I, I basically tried to get as much information about the meeting out there as possible. There's quotes from players about the meeting. There's quotes from coaches about the meeting. Go check it out. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty difficult to get players to talk about that kind of a thing. Yeah. So, and you know, Anyways, you're not going to find it really anywhere else. I'm not just saying that. Like, no, it was Alex. I, just allow me just a moment here to toot your own horn for you. But this was a damn fine article, um, and and I say that as someone who has the same access as you do. Unfortunately, my my job doesn't allow me to get to practices yeah. like that. But that is, you know, that's as inside as you're going to get without you know somebody talking really off the record. And you got a lot of information in that article. The goal was to try to get as much information as I could. I got a little bit more than I thought I was going to. I didn't get everything. I tried to get I tried to get names of players that talked and like maybe what they said. I didn't get that. But 
anyway, anyways, that beside the point, uh, the reason you really want to read the article is because I think it'll give you insight as to what it was about. And really yeah. what it was about is how basically all of the leadership of the team, the, the big guys, the big players, the veterans, think Joe Hansen, Duchesne, Forsberg, Yossi, Granlund, all the guys that people are yelling about not doing their jobs are the ones that took responsibility and said, like, we're not doing our jobs. It wasn't the young guys. And, and I would venture to say all the young guys probably just listened. And from what I could gather, that's what happened. Like they were taking it in and they were like, this is important for these guys to say this because, you know, maybe in, in everyone's kind of mind, they kind of knew it was true. It wasn't led by the coaches. It wasn't governed by the coaches. They just started it and gave them an agenda and said, go. And that's where it went. And so, um, so, I, and I think Duchesne, I mean, I don't know for sure that Duchesne is one that, you know, talked. I, I just, I would bet a lot of money that he was one because first of all, Duchesne is a really um, talkative leader on the team. Like as a veteran goes, like, yeah. He probably talks more after games than anyone, right? I mean, I, I honestly can't think of anyone that talks more. Like, in, in terms of, like, what he says. He doesn't just give you one-word yeah. answers. He gives you a lot of detail. Um, Yossi is probably the only other one. I so would, I would, I would imagine... say in the past, you had somebody like Nick Benino spoke a lot, but Duchesne's yeah. probably the, the yeah, most. Yeah, or Pecorine. Like, he's not at that, that level, but, right. like, he's, he's pretty close. So uh, – I would just bet that Peck, Matthew Shane is one that felt that weight and, and probably had that meeting. So like, that's the context, right. Of him saying this keep believing thing, all of that weight, all of that pressure, all that stuff came out at this one moment in the game. And he had a huge, he had two goals, huge moment. And then that keep believing was the, the and the other thing is this Duchesne. First of all, remember why he's here. He's here because he wanted to be in Nashville. Right. And that guy does not get a lot of chances to like, you know, speak to 17,000 Nashville fans who he loves, right? He loves Nashville. He loves being in the, on this Preds team. That's been true for years. Um, so he wanted that spotlight. He wanted to be in that moment. Right. And so it was a very quick thought, like, Hey, I have a chance to say something to maybe inspire folks to maybe let them think, Hey, we are trying. And I, I think that that was the root of it. And I think the keep believing thing, you know, whether he want maybe he meant to say that, or maybe he wanted to say, thanks for believing in us or thanks for being with us or thanks for sticking with us. Or I don't know Th that that's how it came out. I thought, I thought it was pretty natural. I, I honestly thought it was a pretty, pretty cool moment. And one we don't see very much now and Duchesne, you know, you say he talks a lot after games I and mean, he's also very, he's very thoughtful with what he says. And so there's not a lot that he says that's he tries not to just be a robot. I think a lot of the time he tries to be thoughtful yeah. with his answers. So when he is given that opportunity, um, I think you're, you are kind of getting, you know, unfiltered Duchesne. And I, I think too, it's entirely possible that, you know, that line may have been something they used in that meeting as well. I, I don't know. You know, you think it's, it's the, Teams like taglines like that. They like sayings. They like slogans. You know, keep believing. Might have been something they talked about in the meeting. I, or, you know, Alex, it's possible. He was just. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm not reacting. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I'm not reacting to what you're saying. I, I, if I'm looking like I'm upset, I just read the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But keep, I'll tell you about it later. Keep going. Oh, I'd, I'd like to hear about it. It sounds. I, I don't want to talk about it on the air. Just because I, I don't even want to give this thing credit. <laughs> I may say the dumbest thing you've ever heard in your life next. That's, that's, no, the, also I will send you what I'm talking about, but anyways, okay. keep, keep going. Keep Here's going. the thing. 
it, it's also a possibility, you know, Matt Duchesne's in Nashville because he wants to be in Nashville. He loves Nashville. He loves Preds fans. He also loves country music. He likes performing. Maybe, maybe he's got a song coming out. And that's Keep believing. what it's called. Keep Believing by Matt Duchesne. Um, I think yeah. it could be a hit. I don't know. And if I'm right, then I guess everybody's just lucky to know ahead of time. But if I'm wrong, Matt, there's a great idea. I don't want all the royalties. I'll just take some. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, all right. So speaking of taking some, this is what you should do. You should take some of your person. <laughs> Worst intro to the ad read ever, I think. Uh, take yourself on down to relax the back. <laughs> okay, so uh, here's the truth, though. If you want to live better, feel better, and sleep better every day, you've got to check out Relax the Back. We've talked about it on here all season long. Uh, this place is great if you're looking for ways to increase your comfort at home, either in the office, just relaxing, or for sleeping at night. Uh, they've got ergonomic office chairs, zero-gravity chairs, which are awesome. You just sit in, sit in them, press the little button, and it goes back into this little relaxed position. It's awesome. Get your spine in the correct position so you can work better every day. They also have the same thing, but for beds, it's amazing. You can sleep in this kind of relaxed state. Uh, but they've also got like pillows and wedge systems, things like that for your uh, for your sleep options as well. All the stuff for quality recovery options. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a great place. You can go check it out there at 2020 Glen Echo Road. Here's a picture of the inside of the Ooh. store. Some nice beds and pillows, massage chairs, uh, really just snazzy looking store in there. Uh, go visit it. Uh, 2020 Glen Echo Road right out there in Green Hills. Uh, talk to Glenn. He owns the store. He's a sleep agent and he will tell you everything you need to know about how to sleep to get the best comfort and the most sleep and the best you know rest you've ever had. Uh, he will hook you up. I can promise you that. Uh, and he'll also tell you about the four pillars of wellness, healthy sleep, healthy body, healthy work, and healthy mind. Alex, you know, it's, it's interesting. I brought up Relax the Back the other day. You know, last last week I was unavailable for the uh, for the podcast because I was in St. Louis yeah. with uh, my son's hockey team. You know, there were a lot of parents there, a lot of hockey parents. We're all sleeping in these unfamiliar hotel beds. And it quickly became the topic of conversation that we were all having rough nights of sleep because of the beds. We started talking about comfortable beds. You know, I mentioned, hey, you might want to check out Relax the Back. So I'm hoping that a lot of people ended up going to 2020 Glen Echo Road to see what it was all about. They probably did. I'm sure um, they did. Speaking of what it's all about, the Hokey Pokey. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey! Uh, <laughs> uh, there is one thing I'd like to talk about, and then we'll, we'll this might be the last thing we talk about, but I, I, I feel like we would be doing a disservice to this Preds fan base that watches our show and to people who are just generally interested in the Nashville Predators if we didn't right. talk about the biggest moment of Saturday night, and that is Cole Smith scoring his first career goal 46 games into this season and what's it this is game number what, what game number is this for him overall 49 i'm sorry yeah so it's his 49th game total his 49th okay. game in the nhl and his first career goal finally got it done uh i want to show the goal and then okay. we also have uh his entire post game availability i feel like it's important for everyone to be able to watch this uh, not necessarily because of what he says, but if if you've been if you've been hating on Cole Smith this season, we're gonna make you watch this. And yeah, I'm not saying feel a, I'm not trying to tell people how to feel about Cole Smith. I'm not saying that. 
But if you've been hating on Cole Smith this whole time, you owe it to him to at least give him the the credit of watching this goal and then yes. also hearing what he has to say afterwards. And then after that, you can never think about it or talk about him ever again because you know that a lot of people have been making fun of this whole idea that he hasn't scored. It's become right. a meme. You know, I mean, it's basically become a meme of the Nashville Predators. So let's show it. We'll show the goal and then we'll show his uh, post game too. To him, obviously, and again, moving the puck. Carson might get away with one there, throwing it across the blue line, and then Yossi just puts it on net. And Cole Smith battles in front. He tips that puck, and look at the elation. The joy, watch the bench. <laughs> That's what teammates look at Dan Hynode. Everybody knows this. Philip. Philip Forsberg looked most excited out of all those people, I think. Maybe Hynode, yeah. too. But, um, so obviously there was a lot of people just really, really happy for him. I mean, surely there were a lot of people out there who were rolled their eyes and thought, Oh no, here we go. He finally scored. But uh, honestly, there were way more people that were, that were happy for him. I, I saw especially on the team. I mean, there were tons of people on the team that were happy for him. Um, what was the, what was the reaction like around you when, when he, when that happened? What do you mean around me? Like on, on the game? Well, yeah, I mean, like, the game. You mean like the, the like the arena? Yeah, I or guess. Like in my immediate vicinity. That's right. Because you're, it was kind of the end of the game, and there were no media left, right? Yeah, they'd they'd already gone downstairs. I wanted to stick around, but uh, okay. um, you know, people got excited. I think I think initially most people thought that it was a Yossi goal, um, which which people like anyway because they sure. like Roman Yossi. He's a captain of the team, um, incredibly handsome, well spoken man. I've heard of him um, and people really like that yeah i don't know if you've heard of him before or not maybe you're just saying that but he's he's kind of a big deal in nashville and, and the predators fan base but um when it was very quickly realized that you know it was cole smith that tipped it in uh i think there was an extra layer of excitement because you know you watch the video you see his face when that goal goes in once he realizes that what you see is the the weight of the world lift off of his shoulders. And, you know, I remember several seasons ago when Ryan Ellis was on the team and I think he had come back from injury or something and he hadn't scored a goal and it was just, it was driving. It was the topic of conversation. Like Ellis is back, but is he ever going to score a goal again? And um, I remember he scored that goal and you saw the same reaction. It was like, ah, finally I can move on with my life. And he uh, actually pulled the, you know, proverbial monkey off of his back and threw it away. And I think that's what you see in Cole Smith is that he's like, okay, this, this has finally come to an end. I finally done it. And just that immediate, everyone on the team goes directly for him, lifts him up. I mean, and, and what's interesting is it wasn't a game winning goal. Um, it did definitely kind of cement the win for the predators, I think by, by putting them up that far, but the reality is it was a momentous occasion solely for the fact that that had become such a big storyline and topic of conversation was that he knew and the rest of the team knew that all that the talk about him not scoring could finally go away. And I'm sure they all had to be aware that that was something that had been weighing him down. So that collective elation, that collective release of emotion was just really a really special thing to kind of be a part of. And of course the fans too, a lot of them are well aware of that. And so when they realized what happened, it was a big deal. So let's watch his uh, post game. Uh, this was his whole, his whole post game from that um, uh, after the, after the Kings game. So let's watch that now. 
feel great. You know, it's super exciting. It's a little past overdue, I think, but you know, finally get that one, kind of get the monkey off the back, and hopefully uh, floodgates can open up a little bit. Your teammates have talked about how you still contribute, even if you're not showing up on the score sheet. Like, how important is it for you to be able to contribute like this for for the rest of your team? Yeah, it's awesome. You know, I just want to do everything I can to help us win, and you know, wasn't showing up on the score sheet and goals wise, and so tonight to be able to do that, it it feels amazing, and hopefully can keep going. Is there anything that weighs on you at all when you? Because uh, Matt was or I think Ryan was saying, you know, you probably go home sometimes and think about it. Yeah, it's uh, I'd say it's definitely in the back of your mind a little bit. Um, but when the game comes, it's, it's obviously I I don't want to focus on it. You know, just go out and try to execute my kind of game. And if it, if it comes, I I want to try to bury. But you know, it's it's something in the game you can't think about because then you're kind of off your game. But definitely was in the back of mind a little bit. You know, off days and stuff like that or after games. So you, you finally get rewarded having the field to turn around and see the whole bench explode <laughs> like that behind you. Uh, I think that might mean more than anything. You know, just uh, the close knit of this team, especially after the kind of meeting we had today and just the response we had as a whole team, be able to look over there and see everybody so excited. It, me it means a lot. You know, it's the first one, and so when everybody's that excited for you, it's it's super cool. Anything special you can do with the puck? Uh, no, probably give it to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's special. <laughs> awesome. Thank Thanks, you, Cole. Congrats yeah. again. Thank I like that at the end where Paul's like, what are you going to do with the puck? And he's like, just give it to my mom. And he's like, well, that's special. <laughs> yeah. That made me laugh. Well, yeah. Um, know, by the way, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, I looked up that Ryan, I think the Ryan Ellis streak you're talking about. Do you know how many yeah. games it was? I, cause I think I, I think I found it. I think it was in 2018. Probably wasn't 40. <laughs> it wasn't. It was only 21. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot though. I mean, that's it's a quarter of the season, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is. But it's just interesting that, like, the difference in perspective, I guess. Oh, uh, but yeah. Anyway, but, sure. but, yeah, so, so here's why I wanted to show that Cole Smith thing because I – and also I talked to him today as well, uh, and I just asked him about basically, like, when I interviewed him earlier in the year, one thing that stuck out was he could just kept talking about being true to himself. I mean, like, that's something that players sometimes say, but he mentioned it several times. And uh, I, I really feel like that guy has a really strong mental grasp. Like, I think, I think he's, I think he's like a pretty smart guy and a pretty like stoic kind of person. I mean, a lot of hockey guys are like that, but I feel like he probably doesn't let things bother him as much as people might think as much yeah. as like someone like him probably should have gotten bothered by everything yeah. or not to mention bothered by like the fact that he couldn't get results. So I just, I don't know. He, he seemed to be really um, kind of at peace with it, but he wasn't, he wasn't interested in, in, in really like dwelling on how long it took. He was just like, I got one. I need to go get another one, you know? Yeah. Well, he said, you know, now maybe the floodgates will open up a little bit. And I, you know, the fact that he had, he said that with a smile and a little bit of a laugh um, tells me number one, he's a little bit more at peace about it. But number two, I think he's aware that he's probably not going to score 30 goals in a season. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think it's, it's funny, you know, I, one of my, I've been accused of doing this a lot more often, but there have been a few games over the course of this season where I have predicted a Cole Smith goal. And, um, mainly, you know, somebody's, well, you, you predicted every game. That's not true. I only predicted on the games when I felt like it was really going to happen. And, and I'll tell you what's funny is that I didn't predict it. I did predict that it would happen in this game, but 
uh, previously I had predicted that it was, it would happen exactly the way it happened. Somebody would fire one in. I predicted oh. it would be Parsonen, but it was Yossi and that he would deflect it because he's a front of the net guy. He's a yeah. presence up there. And that's, you know, when you see goals like that happen, it's because somebody's willing to put their body on the line and stand in front of somebody like Roman Yossi, who's going to fire a shot in as hard as they can and hope for deflection. Yeah. That's how it ended up happening. I, and I'm, I'm not like taking a victory lap, like, Oh, look, I called it. But you know, when that's the type of goal that is probably your most likely goal, that should tell you that you're not going to have a ton of those goals. They're going to yeah. happen, but it's not going to be, you know, in coming in, you know, sets of 10 at a time it's it's going to happen occasionally there, there's also a, a, an important conversation that I, I feel like a lot of people well a certain segment of the fan base is unwilling to have about someone like cole smith because physically and like skills wise he really doesn't match with a lot of what usually leads to high goal scoring He's right. even he even called himself a low skilled player, or I think he may have said unskilled. In my interview early in the year, he kept referring to himself as low skilled, and he was he was saying this about himself. I, I wasn't asking him, "Hey, are you low skilled?" I was he was just saying like, you know, someone like me, a low skilled player. And I was like, "Wow, you had just." I mean, he was willing to say. I mean, he knows he knows what kind of player he is, right? He knows he's not Philip Forsberg, but if you look at if you look at the advanced numbers. I, I mean, this is this is still something that like I really don't have a, a really easy way of grasping this about both why it's true about him, but also why people are willing to ignore it. Because for as many people who were like really high on Tanner Janot last year, Tanner Janot had great underlying numbers, expected goals, Corsi numbers, all that stuff. Is, is and but on top of that, he had actual goals. He scored like twenty four goals last year, right? Yeah. His advanced numbers were excellent. Top 10 on the team, top five on the team most of the year. Well, that's where Cole Smith has been like all year too. Right now, Cole Smith, 11th out of 27 skaters in expected goals share. So like, that's not bad. And he's 12th in, in shot attempt share. Both of Bo's numbers, by the way, are above 50%, which is an important threshold. 50% is like, you know, mid, but like you want, if you're above it, that means you're getting more than you are allowing. Right. By the way, those numbers are better than a lot of the really good players on this team, including Tanner Janot, including Philip Forsberg, including Matt Duchesne. So, like, I mean, the guys that are deser really deserving of more ice time, Cody Glass, Tommy Novak, those guys are, are high on the list, too. Cody Glass, one of the one of the best underlying analytics numbers on the team all season long. Um, so, like, the, the discussion about why Cole Smith is such a – um, despised member of the team when yeah. really only a result of like, he's not getting the production, but like if you're a believer in advanced stats, you can't ignore that. He's not been terrible. He's not been. And it's mostly because of his defense. Yes. Offensively. He has huge gaps in his game. He is not a very good puck handler. He can't really shoot the puck, but like he does a lot of other things. Well, you got to have players like that on a team too. And I think that's what kind of gets lost in all of this is that, He's not playing on the first line. They're not paying him $9 million a year. They're not expecting him to score 40 goals a year. They're expecting him to go in and play a role, and that's to play to his identity, and I think he's playing that identity very well. Goals are a byproduct of that occasionally, but that's not the main focus. Yeah. If uh, Just to put it another way, 
if um, um, Cole Smith is seventh on the team in expected goals for uh, wait, uh, sorry, in expected goal share, seventh on the team in among forwards. If that was to somehow translate to the production side, that would make Cole Smith the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in the Colton Sissons, Cody Glass, Jakob Trennan level of production. Those are fine players. Those are good players and people, players that are productive. I mean, Jakob Trennan's had a pretty good year. I'm just, the only reason I'm saying it like that is imagine for a second that Cole Smith wasn't shooting. 2.2%, which is a laughably low percent for a right. forward. Defensemen shoot higher than that. If he wasn't shooting 2.2%, if he wasn't shooting 8%, which is like the low end of where you want a forward to shoot, he'd have like 10 goals almost, or maybe yeah, like eight yeah. or nine. Like he'd actually be pretty good. It's just Cole Smith is a very strange player to, to, to think about, to talk about and to hear about because of the, divisiveness and the numbers are weird and man well and i think it's it's funny to me and i mean and there is a 10 minute video of me out there on the internet going off about this so if anybody wants to see that you can find it it's not hard to find but the reality is he already said he's trying to do the best job he can do every night to give his team the best chance to win the game um you know that that doesn't always mean I'm going to score a bunch of goals. That may mean I'm going to hit a bunch of guys or stop a bunch of goals or try to get pucks out of the corner and things like that. So you got to have those guys on the team. You're not yeah. going to have 12 forwards that score 30 goals each. If you did, you're probably really breaking some salary cap or steroid rules or something. I don't or getting know. really lucky. Just getting really lucky. Yeah, really um, lucky. So uh, like last year. Um, so, all right, let's just briefly talk about the two games this week, Winnipeg okay. and New Jersey, New Jersey, yeah. really good. Mm. Winnipeg, really good. Both, both tough two matches. second place teams. Yeah. Uh, should be a good test. You know, if you're looking, I think the way I'm kind of looking at these two games and, and hopefully, um, this is how the predators see it too. If they've, if they had that meeting and they were able to get their mojo back and they're able to refocus and really say, look, we're going to come back and we're going to do everything we can give all we got. These are the two games where, yeah, it was nice to beat the Kings, but these are two more games where you can go out and show that, that you're really going to be able to do it. And if they can go out and do that, then I'd say that, you know, maybe, maybe there's something there. If they come out and they kind of flounder or they have a bad showing against either team, then that, eh, that may not be the, the result you want. And that may kind of tell you how the rest of the season is going to go because, coming off of a big win, coming off of an emotional win after that meeting, which, you know, I think you expertly covered, um, they should have a lot to fight for and a lot to prove. So hopefully that's what they show. And they're both home games. So, you know, this is their, this is their moment. This is their chance to uh, have a full head of steam going into the all-star break, which would kind of give them some motivation when they come back to just keep it going. All-star break this weekend in Sunrise. Not this weekend, but next weekend. Ne next week. Uh, Sunrise, Florida. And then we're and then after that, there's a month until the trading deadline. So we have a long time to talk about trades. Mm. My favorite. Uh, but until then, that's pretty much all we've got for today. So uh, yeah, you can check out all of our hockey coverage and our Preds coverage at a to zsports.com. 
Uh, and also follow me on Twitter at, at AlexDarty1. Follow Sean at SCSNSH. We release these every Monday on Spotify or on uh, the Podcast Network, AZ Sports Podcast Network, and YouTube, of course, but you're watching us here. Uh, but until then, we'll see you next week. Bye.